Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! My message for today is called Hide and Seek. I know, right? Contrast, right? Are you ready to go deeper? Yeah! <laughs> message for today, Hide and Seek. Woo. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 1. And we'll talk about 1-8, but let's read all the way from Daniel chapter 1 uh, so that we get some proper context. First, from verse 1 to verse 20. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? And uh, oh, that, that's not a good amen. That's, that's, okay. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Okay, much better, much better. All right, let's go. Uh, Daniel 1 here. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried in the land of Shina to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men of whom there was no blemish but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, feels like describing excellent, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, Stand, uh, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. I'm going to pause here for a little bit, uh, just a bit of background story. So the ancient empire of Babylon was uh, famous for its day because it was like a conquering empire, but they didn't just conquer and destroy. Uh, they conquered, and if there was anything in that uh, civilization, that city, that nation that was worth learning, worth absorbing. They would actually absorb knowledge and personalize it and weaponize it for the expansion of the Babylonian Empire. Hence, you see why it wasn't just conquered, but after being after conquest, they scouted for potential young men. Uh, to be brought back to Nebuchadnezzar, to be taught a different language uh, so that they can one day uh, be used, so that there can be knowledge transfer uh, and so on and so forth. And so coming back, verse 5, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. And three years, everybody say three years. Three years of training. Feels like university. Amen. For them, so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Sounds like a bond, like a scholarship bond. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave them new names. Uh, Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, uh, made my mouth water for a while, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are at your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom he, when the chief of the eunuchs had sent over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And this is where we get Daniel fast uh, coming up. Uh, then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men 
who eat the portion of the king's delicacies, and as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in the flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Uh, thus, the steward took away... I'm just pausing there to laugh because I can imagine some people who don't like vegetables in church going like, yeah, yeah, that's why I don't want vegetables because they make me fat. Uh, thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Uh, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar and the king interviewed them. Ooh, wow, pressure. And among them all, uh, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Therefore, they serve before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Amen. That's, that's quite a mouthful, but I wanted us to get the context. Amen. That Daniel was in a foreign land, and we know that at the end of this reading, that he was positioned for greatness. And not just any greatness, ten times greater than any other magician, philosopher, PhD holder, holder of the land. In God, uh, you know, all things are possible. And, but all that greatness couldn't be accomplished overnight. They had to be trained for three years. And so, in this new year, I want us to begin to learn that when God moves, you know, sometimes God moves very quickly, but sometimes God also moves uh, by hiding us. And I know that this is something that, especially ambitious, you know, how many of you here are people with high ambition? Don't raise your hand, uh, you know, or you can raise your hand because, you know, who am I to tell you not to raise your hand? Highly ambitious people. Uh, I know uh, uh, one such person in my life is my wife. And my wife is super highly ambitious. Uh, she wants to be the very best uh, and, uh, you know, the best lawyer and all that. And from young, she's, she's very driven. And uh, for people like that in church who are very driven, who want to be the very best, who, who hate to be, you know, defined by ceilings, who, wants, who loves to break every ceiling, being told to wait, being told that there's a delay to your progress uh, is painful. But I want you to know that God works, not overnight, but God works through hiding us away. And He hides us away to prepare us. And that's what I want us as a church to learn today, to not despise the hiding. And in this new year, a new season, there are at least three things that God wants us to, 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 to learn to love. Specifically, three types of hiding that we should learn to love and three types of seeking that we should desire. I'm but I'm going to give it to you. So don't worry. It's not going to be six points, but it's going to be three points. And this is what we want to learn today. Because you see, Daniel, even though he was very good looking, very gifted, still had to be stored away for three years. God had to prepare him for three years before he was ready to do anything. And God had a plan in that three years. Uh, you know, how many of you here, uh, be honest now, students, uh, you're sick of studying, you just want to go out to work. Come on, raise your hand, some, right? And what you know, it's not time yet. 
there is time, there's a purpose uh, for this time of waiting. Uh, it's not just a time of waiting for waiting's sake, but in the waiting, God is actually preparing. Amen? And I want you to know that this is, this is part of God's nature. He not only did it with Daniel, uh, but He did it with Moses. If you go back and you read Exodus, Exodus uh, 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 1 talks about the people in Egypt being enslaved and how Pharaoh gave a command to kill every male, uh, firstborn of that generation. And then, you know, in, in chapter 2, Exodus 2, it talks about how, you know, uh, Moses was preserved. And then immediately the following line after he was preserved and, and, and brought up out of the river now by the Pharaoh's sister, the next verse says, and he was a grown man. And so, even Moses, I don't know what was the Egyptian definition of a grown man, but even Moses had to go through his period of waiting and preparation. Not only was there no record of his time in Egypt, uh, or maybe it should be interpreted as this, maybe he didn't end up doing anything majorly significant. But even then, there's a purpose in that waiting. And even then, he went to the wilderness and there was a purpose in the waiting. And it wasn't until 40 years old before he started his ministry. You know, Jesus, you can go back and nowhere in the Bible you will find Jesus' ministry before he was 30 years old. You, you never hear, you just go from him as a boy at the temple going there, I want to do my father's will. And then, and then the mom and earthly mom and dad are like, Jesus, come home. And then after that, Jesus says that out of obedience, he did that. And then the next thing, he started his ministry. Not immediately the next day, right? We live in a world where it's so high-paced. And we want it now, 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 now. Amen? You know, uh, recently, uh, 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 a very brilliant uh, uh, science student. I, I sound so dumb when I say brilliant science student. But, but basically, because uh, me dumb. Uh, and um, was talking about how they had to, you know, uh, uh, create a device that was able to send information um, over uh, internet, but the, 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 it's middle of nowhere, so the internet had to be uh, not 4G, not 5G, not 3G. Uh, it needed to be on E. And some of you are looking at me blankly, like, going, what is E? And uh, I, remember, I remember this student going like, oh man, I don't know how E, E is so low, no bandwidth and all that. And I suddenly had this rude flashback to go like, wow, I remember... When I was a young working adult and I used to work for a media company and my boss gave me a company phone and go like, here you go, this is the latest phone for you to do your job. It has the latest technology. It has E. And uh, back then, E was called Edge because it was meant to give you the edge that your phone had the internet. But now I look at you go like, E, what's that? You know, some of you think it's E for empty. Uh, but no, you know, E for only receiving emails. Uh, but, but, you know... <laughs> Coming back, coming back. So, you know, you know it, you're thinking like, well, what's, what's the point? No, no. There's a purpose. Amen. Uh, in the preparation. There's a purpose in the waiting. Amen. And so, you know, God, God had to prepare. Uh, uh, and I believe that this is a word for some of us here. Uh, because maybe some of us here, we feel stuck. Maybe you're raring to start and roaring to start the new year. And whatever you're going through, you feel stuck. Uh, and you, your patience seems to wear thin, but I want you to know that God has a plan. In fact, I want you to write down the first point. The first point is this, talking about hide and seek. 
Amen? The first point is this, hide yourself in obedience and seek to be faithful. Daniel had to hide himself in obedience and he had to be faithful. Jesus had to hide himself in obedience and be faithful to even Mary and Joseph, his earthly parents. Moses had to, well, he wasn't obedient. He tried to start a rebellion but ended up killing a guy. But he ran away and in the wilderness, in the, in the desert, taking care of the sheep, he had to hide away in obedience and God had to train him to be faithful. You know, the, the, the most famous king, King David, tended sheep before he was ready to be king. Before he fought Goliath, he tended sheep because he hid himself away in obedience and he learned to be faithful. Even on the day of battle when he was meant to be sent up, well, he wasn't sent up to fight Goliath. He was just sent out to deliver some bread and cheese to his brothers and the captain. But it is in his faithfulness that God set him up for his big debut. So I want you to know that no matter what grand dreams or plans you have, don't despise obedience. Don't despise faithfulness. If you're not convinced, let me give you one more scripture. 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, verse 1 to 4. Last week at Holmes, we learned about the faith of the, of the you know, of the, not just a prophet, but the, but the you know, young lady, the young wife or widow with the kid in the time of famine, uh, giving to God. Uh, the little bit of oil, the little bit of flour, a little bit of water, and how we learn that their faith, as a result, uh, God caused it to never run dry. But I want you to know that before that, you know, Elijah himself uh, had to be given instructions to hide away. He had to be hidden, right? So First uh, Kings chapter 17, verse 1 to 4, Elijah the Tishbite, the inhabitants of Gilead, the son to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here, turn eastward, and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Of course, in the homes, we learn the, the rest of that. And I want you to know that this was before, uh, this was Elijah at the start of his ministry. This was before Mount Carmel. This is before, if you, if you know Mount Carmel, this is where Elijah single-handedly faced down against the, the, the multitudes of prophets of Baal. And they challenged each other to say, if God is God, serve Him. If He's not God, then He's not God. And they challenged to see that whichever faith could call down fire from heaven, that was the real faith. That's the real God. And that was, of course, the, the epicness of, of Elijah's ministry, but he started strong as well. He started by declaring, hey, if, you, if you're not going to obey God, there's not going to rain. There's going to be dry season throughout. Can you imagine if God gave you that kind of anointing? You know? That, 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 can you imagine? Uh, uh, let's start with the students. You know, your, God gave you a prophetic anointing, asked you to walk into your university. And says that unless everybody here repents, you know, uh, there'll be no internet. Because, you know, modern day rain, right, internet. If it doesn't rain, it's okay as long as there's internet. Uh, and you go like, you know, uh, that, you know, if you don't repent, 
supernaturally, God will declare a blackout. There will not be any internet. And then, and then as you said it, boom, it happened. Man, there will be mass repentance. Because people nowadays will do anything just to get internet back, right? Even giving their lives to Jesus. Uh, and and uh, can you imagine that? And that was Elijah. Wow, wow, he started off. But then, even after that strong debut, God had to hide him away because there was preparation in the hiding. And not just preparation, there were miracles in the hiding. Because as we learn in homes, there were miracles after miracle, provision and then resurrection. But all that took place when he was hidden. Can you imagine if God gives you the anointing as a young working adult? You know? Hey, company, if you, everyone here, don't repent. Supernaturally, all your bank accounts will turn to zero. Until I say so. And then your boss will be up. please, you know, call HR. And then HR checks, you know, call finance and finance checks. I don't know what happened, but all oh, money is gone. What? What did you do? Did you hack us? No, I didn't. But you need to repent. And once you repent, my God will, will bring back all the wealth. And well, there'll be mass repentance in Wall Street, in the whole bank area, you know, Canary Wharf, Canada Wharf, whatever it is. Right, all the financial sectors, you know what I'm saying. But, but, but anyone would have thought that, wow, come on, man, Elijah, strong ministry, now go, go and do more, go and do more. But God's plan is a good start, now hide. And I believe that's a word for some of us here today. Good start, but now hide. Don't despise your waiting. Don't despise the preparation. Because many times, it's not the gift that is the problem, it's the guy or the girl. It's not the message that has a problem. It's the messenger. I was reminded again this morning, because this morning as we came to church, and I'm trying to be respectful as I share this, but I felt that it was a confirmation from God. Uh, we were on the bus. We, we took a bus with all the church gear. Uh, and as I went in the bus, you know, I, I heard, you know, familiar words. Jesus, repentance, God, blood of the Lamb. I'm thinking, like, wow, is somebody listening to some podcast out loud? And it wasn't. It was just a guy standing there. And he was just standing there and he was just, just, just preaching. You know, we need to repent. Da, 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 da. And I was standing there listening to his message. But me and Pastor Cat agreed that it's a good message. Fact check, you know, all scriptural accuracies, theologically all correct. Yeah, we do need to repent. You know, we're all fallen. We're all sinners. Only Jesus saves and all these things. And I'm like, oh yeah, good, 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 good. And I, I'm, I'm only wondering, like, I wonder what this brother was trying to do. And, and maybe he comes from, you know, a church or maybe he felt like, man, I, I need to preach. Otherwise, people will go to hell. And, and so maybe to, to psych him up, to preach, he just decided to stand on the bus to preach, but, but maybe he did it out of fear because as he preached, he didn't look at people. It was different if he was standing on the bus looking at people, inviting people to Christ. Well, that's preaching. But then he was just standing there, really still, his eyes staring blankly out the door and just preaching. So if you're looking at me now, the people listening on the podcast one day will have to use their imagination, but you get to see. So basically, the person did this. So you need to come to Jesus, you know, He's the way, the truth, and life. And, and just not blinking in the eye. Because I was staring at him, I was like, well, you don't really blink. And just staring, people were walking past him, and just staring. He wasn't making any eye contact. And then there I was going like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with the message. But the messenger wasn't ready. The messenger needed maybe some maturity. 
The messenger maybe needed some more training. The messenger maybe needed some more love. The, uh, God needed to work on the messenger a little bit more. Many times we, we hate being held back. Maybe some of us here, you feel like, man, I've, I've, you know, I've got a message in me. I want to preach. True story, I was once approached by someone. He's no longer in church, so I can share this. He came to church a few times, and then he came up to me. Pastor, I really like no eggs. I said, oh, that's great. Yeah, I think I'm ready to serve. Oh, good. Uh, so when are you going to put me up to preach? Uh, and as you can see, that person is no longer here uh, for various reasons. But sometimes we're like that. We think, oh, I got it. Put me on. Put me on. I've got a teaching gift within me. Come on, I'm on teach. I'm on teach. And, and we think that is the gift that defines us because that's how the world runs. The, 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 the world that we live in today defines us according to our giftings. Well, you're really talented, so you should be a singer. And especially in a world where it's YouTube and social media, you, you don't need an agent, you don't need an audition, you just need to record yourself and broadcast. And so as a result, we, we created this culture of like, if, if I've got it, I'm going to do it. And I don't care what other people think. Well, you're going to care about what God thinks. Because just because you got it doesn't mean you'll make it. There's such a thing called timing. There's such a thing called preparation. And sometimes we, we think that, man, you know, uh, uh, I, I can teach, you know, I, I want to start my own, you know, cell group. And, and, and in, in Acts, we always go like, you know, gift is good, but it's always character over charisma. Doesn't matter how good a teacher or preacher you are, but if your character is not solid, we can't put you on. Because this is not just a, a this is not just a, a, a I don't know, you know, it's not, we don't even have a stage. You know, some people say, I love the stage ministry, but you're in the wrong church. There's no stage. But, but you know, some of us, we just, we just want it. But God is saying, no, come on. Learn to be obedient. Seek to be faithful. I still remember, I, I knew that God was going to use me to, to preach uh, when I was doing my A-levels. And one day, I was just re doing revision and, and God just dropped His calling into my heart. And I knew. But God also told me, but I don't want you to preach. I want you to serve. But God, you just told me I'm, you're going to use me to preach. Yeah. But now I want you to serve. And so the first ministry I served in was the ushers. And until today, I still love the ministry. I told Kat, I said that sometimes I just wish that I, I don't need to preach. I can just be an usher. Because I can just stand and welcome people. I love doing that. I love talking to people. But God says, I want you to be an usher and train from that level. Train. Sit under leadership. Sit under authority. Sit under pastors. And when you're ready, I'll let you know. We, we got to learn to hide ourselves in obedience and learn to love being faithful. Amen? You know, otherwise we, we become flaky Christians that God can't use. A good friend of mine, you know, Pastor Joe, who leads uh, Acts Church Melbourne, he's a very gifted songwriter, worship leader. And he gets it really bad because a lot of people go up to him and just start singing around him because thinking that if I can impress the, the, the worship pastor, then I'll be recruited into the next album. In fact, he told me once there was someone who was new to church. He just walked up to him and go like, here's, here's a file. And it was a big file, a big book. These are songs that I wrote. Feel free to use them. <laughs> I'll be like, whoa, wow. Those songs might be good, but the, if the writer is not mature, those songs will not have anointing. See, there's nothing wrong with the 
the songs, right? Every song praises Jesus, but not every song is anointed. Does it make sense? And not, not just because you can sing doesn't mean you can worship lead. You know, but, but, but if you have, don't get me wrong, if you have a desire to worship lead, can I encourage you, you know what you can do? Just sing. But not on the team. Start by singing in church. Then if God really leads you to, join the team. But don't demand that you be put on first vocals, second vocals. In fact, we don't have that, so I can say it without hurting anyone. <laughs> put me on, coach. No, no, no. You got you to gotta sit under submission. Sit under leadership. Maybe some of you are thinking every week, oh, I can be a better preacher than Pastor Dave. And maybe you can. But until you learn to sit under my teaching, God ain't going to allow you to teach. And it's not because of me. It's, it's about submission to authority and, and, and submitting to God. Amen? So I pray that all of us this year don't hate waiting. Learn to enjoy hiding yourself in obscurity, hiding yourself in obedience, and seeing, uh, seeking to be faithful to God. Point number two. I'm going to preach a bit faster because I'm running out of time. Thank you for your patience. Learn to hide yourself this year. Learn to hide yourself in His presence and seek His face. Some of you are not even writing this down because it sounds too elementary. It sounds like I just made it up because I had three points to fill. No, this is the Word of God. You see, in this new year, God wants us as a church and as individuals to grow in our maturity in Him, to grow in our intimacy with Him. Many times we want God to be with us, but then do we want to be with God? You see, we, we, we live in a very me, 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 me culture, and sometimes that culture seeps into church. And we want God's blessing, we want God's presence, but we, do we want to be in God's presence? When was the last time you sought God for God and nothing else? Many times we seek God because we need something. We need a healing. We need an answer. We, we need um, whatever it is. But when was the last time we just sought God for God? Do you know that God is a gentleman? If, you, if, if, if you're not interested to be with Him, He's not going to be there. In, in Revelations uh, 3, 10, if I'm not mistaken, it says that, uh, you know, God stands at the, or 320 says that God stands at the door and knock. And whoever opens, He will come in and dine with them. God is a God who stands at the door and knocks. Hey, can I come in? Would you, would you be interested? And when, when you're not interested to be with God, why should God be there? And God is therefore attracted to hunger. And so in this new year, I pray, right? Besides hiding yourself, you know, maybe learn to hide away uh, from social media a little bit this year. Maybe that's going to be good for not just your emotional health, but your spiritual health. Maybe learn to hide away from Instagram. Maybe learn to stop broadcasting your life to Instagram and start sharing your life with Jesus. A lot of us have, you know, maybe because of our, and, and it's good to have Christian friends, don't get me wrong, but sometimes, you know, we have created this quick fix. Instead of getting our encouragement from the Holy Spirit, we like to broadcast our problems into the rest of the world, and then through the likes and, 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 and scripture shares by our friends, that's how we get our encouragement instead of from God. 
And maybe that's something we need to do less of so that our, not to say those things are evil. I'm not that kind of preacher. I have an Instagram, follow me. <laughs> just joking, just joking, just, just so, you know. But maybe this is what we need to do this year so that our intimacy with God can increase. Amen? When was the last time you, 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 you hid yourself in God's presence? Amen? And when I mean hide yourself, I mean literally that. Hide yourself. Hide away from the world, but in God's presence. Many times we hide away from the world and in when we, we dwell on our problems. No, hide away from the world and dwell on God. You know, the scripture I want to give you is Psalm chapter 32. Go back and read the whole of Psalm 32. But today we're going to focus on, on verse 1 to 7. It says this, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute in iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old. Sometimes we, we, we don't want to share our problems with God. Our bones grow old through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I will come back to the word Selah in a while. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in the flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. Verse 7, you are my hiding place. Hiding place. When was the last time you made God your hiding place? Don't make Instagram your hiding place. Don't make the internet or Facebook your hiding place. Don't make whatever you're into your hiding place. Make God your hiding place. Because by yourselves, as you dwell on your problems, your bones grow old. But as you confess your sins, and I'm not asking us to have sins to confess all the time, but as you just trash out your worries, how about that? As you begin to have an honest conversation with God, because the psalmist was so honest, and make God, not the world, make God your hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. In just this quick scripture, there are more selahs uh, in the whole of Psalm 32, but in just these seven verses, the selah is repeated three times. Now, I'll be honest with you. Modern day Bible scholars are confused of the meaning of selah. There is no concrete proof. The closest they can come to it is that it could mean, it, it could be a musical instruction because all the Psalms, let's not forget, was originally written as, as worship unto God. And so selah could be an instruction to the musicians. Uh, but the closest thing they come to Selah is that it means a musical interlude and intermission. You know, uh, uh, or in modern day terms, guitar solo. Right? So, you know, if you see, and then say, guitar! But, but, but imagine, but the, the point of Selah is not just to, so the guitar is show off, it's so that the music can play and no words were, were being said so that there can be meditation on the words that were spoken over the music that's played. So, you know, every time you have communion and then let's extreme worship in song. That, that, that's, in a way, creating a Selah moment for you as you hold the bread and the cup. You're having a Selah moment, dwelling upon, meditating upon the goodness of God and how He died for our sins. And so Selah means to take time to absorb in, you know, and, and, and allow time for musicians to, to, to do what they do. But to apply to us, could it mean that God is saying to us, would you learn to hide in my presence? Would you make me your hiding place and would you give time, take time out, take time out for God. Uh, don't rush it. Don't rush it. 
you can never rush intimacy. Amen? Let me give you, those of you who are dating, you can never rush intimacy. Right? You can't go like, hey, girlfriend, boyfriend, I've only got 30 minutes for you. Let's go. So, uh, how much of common garden do you want to see in the next 30 minutes? Impossible. You know, growing intimacy in the physical, take your time. You know, growing intimacy with the spiritual, take your time. Don't just say, God, I only got 30 minutes in my commute. I do my quiet time in my commute. Good that you do your quiet time in your commute. But can you give more time above your commute in this year? Learn to hide yourself and make God your hiding place. Number three, help me to preach here. You know, hide, and this will be, you know, I, I, I hope that this will give you freedom. Hide your shame or past in the cross and seek His freedom. This, I believe, is the third thing that God wants to do. Hide your shame. A lot of us here, at the start of this new year, uh, maybe we're still carrying some shame, some emotional baggage, some excess baggage of last year. Uh, dreams not met, disappointments, whatever it is. Or worse, shames and frustrations of, of years past. Hurt from years past. And I pray that this year, you would learn to hide it. The Hebrew word for hide it, I won't ask you to pronounce it, but it means this, to bury, like one buries a treasure, but to bury. Would you learn to bury? And I'm not saying that your, your shame and your pain is a treasure, but learn to bury it in the cross. And very quickly, I want to give us a, an example, okay? Uh, so, like I said earlier on, the society that we live in today loves defining us by our gifting. But it also loves defining us by our mistakes. And loves defining us by our weaknesses. And when you know that this is also not a, a modern thing, this is a human thing. And it's been around for ages. And that's why in the Bible, many times, you know, even the, the Bible, you know, people used by God to, to write down uh, uh, you know, God could have his reasons. Maybe it's just human imperfection showing through. Uh, but many times, you notice this, that, let me ask you this. What's the name of the woman with the issue of blood? What's the name? No name. What's the name of the, the one leper that came back to thank Jesus? Ten lepers were healed. One leper came back. What was his name? Uh, what was the name of of, of the demon-possessed man. Don't say legion. That's his nickname. <laughs> Again, no name. And, and either this is a commentary on the human condition, I believe it is, that for far too long, we, we identify people by their problem. And when we look at them, we only see their problem. And maybe for us, there has been a lot of names thrown over us labels. And maybe a lot of them are, are, are given by yourself. Instead of your name, you walk around because when we look in the mirror, we don't call ourselves by name, do we? Do you? Justin, do you? Do you wake up every morning and look at the mirror and go, morning, Justin. <laughs> None of us do. But you know what we do do? If you're really honest, look at the mirror and failure phony, loser, 
It happens to me as well. There are times where I look up and I look at the mirror and I don't see Dave there. I don't even see a pastor there. In fact, the last thing I want to see is pastor. In fact, many times I feel, I feel like, oh, God, what am I doing? God, help me to grow your church. I feel like such a failure. And, and, and we do that too. We put names over ourselves. We confess silently different names, not, not actual names, but things like failure, loser, dirty, liar, deceitful. But this is the good news. All those people with different names, the woman, the issue of blood, the demon-possessed man, the leper, the blind man, the person who couldn't walk, despite all those labels, do you know what changed them? when they encounter the name that is above every name. Oh, come on. I think that deserves a better response than that. You see, for far too long, we, we, we have taken God's grace for granted. Do you know what God's grace is? Have, have you ever seen the meme or, or whatever internet thing of like, you know, find yourself a man that looks at you like how celebrity A looks at celebrity B. You know, you know what I'm saying? You've been there before, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. Check out Reddit. And... <laughs> Hey, what? I'm hip, okay? <laughs> and sometimes we think, oh, grace. Grace is something you say before you eat. That's not what grace is. Grace is the name of my friend. Yes, it's true, but it's also more than that. Grace, if you want to be more spiritual, it's unmerited favor. It's also beyond, it's more than that. Because grace is not just about what we get. Grace is about who it's from. See, grace is extended from a person. And God has, despite all the names that we even call ourselves, this is what grace means to me, right? So we say this, right? Find yourself someone that looks at you like how, hopefully someone will say how Pastor Cat looks at Pastor Dave. I'm just joking. She never looks at me. I always say that. Why do you look at me? You always look at the dog. Um, find yourself someone who knows all the skeletons, I mean all the skeletons in your closet, who knows every single dirty detail of every mistake, of every lie, of every secret, and still loves you. We found. In fact, He's found us. And His name is Jesus. And His name is above every name. And so, what I mean by learn to hide. Do we have names? Yeah. Do we all have a past? Yeah. Do we all have shame? Yeah. What do we do? We carry it around from year to year and then let the baggage increase and let the unworthiness increase? Or are we going to draw the line in the sand and say 2020 is the year I'm going to hide it in the cross. Because all these people had names and I have names. But when I met the name that is above every name, He calls me by name. And it's none of the names that I call myself. He calls me beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully made. He writes my name in the Lamb's book of life, God writes all names in his, the palm of His hand. That's how big and how lovely our God is. 
And I pray that this year as a church, as individuals, we learn to hide in the cross and seek His freedom. Because only the name that is above every name can cancel out all those names. No therapy, no counseling, no closure. A lot of people come to me, Pastor, I just broke up, I need closure. I say, might not happen. Because <laughs> that's just life. We don't need closure. We need Jesus. Because He buries the past. Doesn't just close it, buries it and gives us a new future, a new beginning. One last scripture. Do you have time for one last scripture and I'll close, I promise. This is a promise that God has. Never forget. Why can we confidently go to God? Because this is what He came to do. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Come on, hide yourself in the cross because at the cross is where you will find freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives. And today, so many of us, we are not in jail, but we are captives. But God wants to set us free. And recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty. Do you see how much God loves us to have our freedom? He mentions it twice. To those who are oppressed. Mental health is a big issue nowadays. But we've had the answer for more than 2,000 years. And His name is Jesus. So I pray that this year, we will learn, like Daniel, he had to be hidden. May we not despise it when God says, I want you to hide in obedience and seek faithfulness. Hide in my presence. Come on. If you want me, come be with me and seek His face and hide our shame and pass in the cross and seek His freedom. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray right now specifically for the third point. God, so many times the world, our, our own lives, our family, whatever it is, our past, our friends, Lord, names, names, names have been thrown over us. And, 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 and actually the worst accuser is ourselves. And maybe even from the painful words of other people, curses declared over us. But God, right now, we stand before you. And God, we say we, we don't even want to dwell on it. See, church, some of us here, we love to dwell on the pain because in a weird way, the pain motivates us, pushes us, and, and we are driven by vendetta. I will prove. I will, I will get out of this so I will prove that person wrong. I, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will never ask for help again to prove. I will. God wants us to bury it. God wants us to hide it. Not stash away because no matter how good we are at hiding, eventually secrets come out. But when you hide it at the cross, at the place where Jesus did it all, there's the perfect burial ground for your past and the perfect beginning for your freedom. So as the new year starts and before all things start rushing in, would you, would you come back to the cross again? Would you bow your heart in front of the cross again? 
at the place where Jesus did it all. Let's not live a life where we start forgetting what it truly means to be loved by God. The God who sees all of our mess still chooses to love us. The clean, the purity of God, the holiness of God, the perfection of God, love us so much that Jesus got His hands dirty and bleeding for our sakes. To clean up our mess, that is how much we are loved by God. So God, I pray that that will set people free. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare and I command every name that is not of God to leave our lives right now in the name of Jesus. And then we begin to put on the identity that has been declared over us by the name that is above every name. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Prince of Peace, the Perfect One, the Lamb of God. Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.